Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have two other podcasts out there. Pucks and Cups, which releases every single Tuesday, and From John to Justin, which releases every single Friday. I do all these podcasts full-time, the writing, the research, everything. So every dollar you give helps keep it all going, and it goes straight to me. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Bairdo37. You can also find my YouTube channel where I put up weekly videos on Canada's history. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash Canadian History X. And if you want, you can go to my website where I have over 700 articles all about Canadian history. Just go to canadaehx.com. Some communities come along because of forts, others because of the railroad. And then there's White City, Saskatchewan, which was born thanks to a very long road. This will be a long episode but I hope you find it interesting. The area of White City and the surrounding region of White Butte was populated by the indigenous, primarily the Blackfoot, Sioux, and Anishinaabe people. For thousands of years, they would use the high point of the landscape, White Butte, as a vantage point for a lookout and signal point to the surrounding land. As Europeans began to arrive in the area, beginning with fur traders from the Northwest Company and the Hudson's Bay Company, the indigenous way of life would slowly begin to change. In 1874, the land around White City would become part of Treaty 4 territory. While various settlements would spring up in the late 1880s when the railroad came through, including nearby Regina, now the capital of Saskatchewan, it would be some time before White City came along. While the transcontinental railways created the communities around White City, it would be a different transportation corridor that would give rise to the community, the Trans-Canada Highway. With the Trans-Canada Highway, bedroom communities outside of Regina became popular, and from there the community of White City was formed. The existence of the community owes itself to Pilot Butte resident Johnston Lipset, who owned the 80 acres of land that the community would spring up on. A local store owner, John Redenick, convinced Lipset to name the community White City after White City, London, England, the home of his favourite aunt. The 80 acres was then divided into 32 large lots and slowly the community began to grow. By 1960, it had only 37 residents, but thanks to its close proximity to Regina and its location near the Trans-Canada Highway, it wouldn't be long before the community grew. 
Darlene Walashin, the town administrator in 2000, would say, quote, The services that we would have to go into town to access before are now just a few minutes away. We are in a good situation. People really want property here with the larger lots and to live outside the city. End quote. The community was designed for those people who did not want to live in a congested area and have a garden and other hobbies. It also helped the community had good water that was located only 14 feet below White City. At first, growth for the community was uncontrolled, and that led to problems with difficulties establishing property lines and ensuring everyone was following health regulations. But that problem was quickly fixed with a zoning bylaw by the rural municipality of Edenwold. The community would begin to function on cooperation with homes being built by the property owners and their neighbors, and carpools being started up before that was a thing so that people could go to work in Regina together. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In 1959, the community would become a hamlet, the first in a series of changes for the community in the coming years. The move to become a hamlet was celebrated in White City, with residents coming out to a nearby community hall dressed as pioneers would have dressed and dancing until the morning hours. L.E. Blakely, a supervisor with the Department of Municipal Affairs, would say, quote, Your community is unique. There are between 50 and 60 organized hamlets in the province, but none just like White City. End quote. The local Reeve of Edenwold would say, quote, I hope White City will be all the things you desire. I hope you take part in municipal affairs and feel yourselves part and parcel of this community. If you do, then all of us will be proud to say we were associated with White City. End quote. The community would continue to grow over the years as people saw the benefit of living outside of Regina, but close enough for a short commute. On March 1st, 1967, White City became a village, and then on November 1st, 2000, thanks to a surging population growth in Regina and Saskatchewan, White City became a town. Today, it has a population of 3,099 people, not bad for a community started in a field in the 1950s. A major event would happen in White City in the summer of 1964, when it was announced that Dad's Cookies, those wonderful cookies every Canadian enjoys, moved out of Regina and into a new factory built in White City. 
The company had been operating out of its Regina factory since 1938. The new headquarters would cost $250,000 to build, about $2.2 million today, and would be finished by the autumn of that year. The company had spent five months looking for new property in the city, but high land costs and no suitable location along the highway could be found. Instead, White City became the perfect location, and a new 90-foot by 400-foot building would house three 300-foot conveyor ovens that would replace the manual equipment used in the Regina plant. The building would also be much larger than the Regina plant, and it was expected that the production for the company would rise from 23,000 cookies an hour to 100,000 cookies an hour. By 1981, the factory was producing 1.69 million cookies a day, operating on two shifts. Sadly, Dad's cookies would eventually leave White City. It was on January 18, 1985 that the company decided it would close its doors to the community. The last official day for the company to produce cookies in White City was actually December 21, 1984. By this point, production had slowed down in the factory, and the company was in the process of reorganizing itself since it was bought by the Associate Biscuits of Canada in 1979. The 42 employees would receive one week's pay for each year that they worked for the company, One management official had 32 years service with the company, while others had 20 years. If you would like to learn more about the history of White City and the surrounding area, you can check out the White City Museum. This museum is not like others you will find in other communities, but it's more of an eco-museum that explores the town directly rather than in a single building. The museum is devoted to celebrating the spirit of the early residents of the community while paying tribute to the indigenous who came before on the land. The Eco Museum features interpretive trails and recordings that are provided by the elders of the community. I hope you enjoyed that rather short episode of Canadian History X. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate. Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.